0: Well, hello there, this is Laura Camacho, and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. As you probably know, this is one of the top-ranked podcasts for communication skills and what could be more important for your career. This is the podcast where we have conversations about conversations, where I get to ask people questions, how they succeeded, how do they handle difficult situations, from toxic bosses, to underperformers, to any kind of sticky situation. I recently had a client who had uncovered that a peer had somehow lost $600,000 that was unaccounted for. So there's all kinds of problems that you have to communicate. And today we're going to talk about social capital. This is a mini episode. I'm not interviewing anybody. I'm laying down For you what you need to know about your elevator pitch to build massive social capital. It's always been important. It's always been the career maker or breaker. And now I'm going to give you some tips on how to maximize that this spring. I'm sure you have some events coming up. It could be a local event. It could be an international, a national event. It could be, you know, talking to people after church, but you want to kind of polish that elevator pitch, those conversation skills, and most of all, your mindset. This episode is brought to you by The Practical Guide to Effective Communication, which is my magnus opus. It's not just a quick light read. It is a reference, a guidebook. It covers, broadly speaking, most any scenario that you would have. You just, If you have a presentation, you read that chapter. If you want to be more emotionally intelligent, you read that chapter. What most people write a whole book about I wrote a chapter about because I just wanted one source of communication goodness for you. And most of all, it changes the way you think about communication, which is going to be especially helpful to you highly conscientious, high performers who tend to be on the introvert side. So today is about elevator pitches and building social capital. And You know, I'm guessing that you're like me. You'd rather just be doing the work than out there talking to people about the work. But once you get out there, you kind of find that it's fun. And one of the things that can help make it more fun for you, and if it's more fun for you, more enjoyable, I promise you, your audience is also going to find it more enjoyable, the act of talking to you. And that is the mindset that you have. You can have the mindset The vibe, the energy that you bring, that is the most important thing or quality that you bring to a conversation is that energy, which has to do with how you view yourself most of all and how you view this conversation. So, I want to kind of go at this topic sideways, like a lateral approach rather than direct. I just want to bring up a couple of things and then I'm going to tie it all together. We're going to talk about the mindset. We're going to talk about just some caveats with elevator pitches and networking in general. I'm going to give you the number one tip in taking leadership of the conversation, which applies to every single conversation. I'm going to give you some ways to talk about your work in a way that accurately reflect the value that you add and what you do and that do not sound arrogant, and how to close that conversation. And I hope to get all this out in 15 minutes. So hang on to your hat. First of all, let me back up. In January, I went to this conference in Nashville, Tennessee for small business owners. It was just kind of, you know, they have conferences for all kinds of industries. And this was for specifically creative business owners or business owners in the creative industry. And it was held at the Hotel Graduate or Graduate Hotel in Nashville. Some of you may have stayed in a Graduate Hotel. It's kind of a new chain. And the theme of this hotel being in Music City was the country music stars. And their images were everywhere, 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 including like over the bed, which had this little canopy, like Louis XIV style. And there was a picture of this woman and I knew she had to be a country music star, but I'm not a country music fan. It's not that I dislike it. I like it okay. I like it fine. Some I like more than others. I'm really pretty ignorant about country music, as you're about to find out. So there was a picture of this lovely young woman on my bed, on the wall above my pillows. And I didn't know who it was. So I posted it on Instagram and found out it was Emily Lou Harris, who is very well-known. And she's very attractive and a very popular, successful country music star. Well, there were pictures like that all over the hotel, and I didn't know who any of them were except for Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. And so looking at those pictures, knowing that they were famous, but not knowing anything else about them, I was just thinking that 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 could be you. That could be me. That could be your Uncle Bob your Uncle Pedro, your Aunt Lucia, your grandmother, if you have a cool grandmother like I happen to be for my little grandbabies. You know, it, it, when you don't have any kind of context about a person, you really take them at face value. You take, you know, the fact that the, somebody's portrait is in a hotel. You, I could assume that they were country music stars, but I had no idea what kind of music they sang, their names, nothing, zero. And literally, it could be you. It could be me. You don't need to be exceedingly spectacularly beautiful to be thought of as a superstar. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, I think we're all better looking than we realize. And I never thought of myself as ugly, but neither beautiful either. Just like I always thought of myself as like, maybe a a six on a scale of one to (laughs) 10. And maybe you're thinking, that I'm overly easy on myself, but I, I never thought of myself as, you know, like some hottie. And I sometimes I look at pictures of me from the past and I'm like, wow, I was so pretty. And the same is true for you. So I want you to own that the fact that you are a pretty hot individual, that you have a lot to offer. You're interesting. You have energy there was this exercise I learned. I have this new best friend. Her name is Jennifer Fulweiler. She has a podcast. We haven't actually met, but I like her podcast. She's a You might like her because she's a software engineer turned comedian with six kids. She was inviting people to run a thought experiment where you imagine that the hotness fairy visited you and touched you and made you like you are, but with all your flaws removed, you know, in my case, it would be my thighs. I would be taller. I would have uh, less stringy hair. And you know, for somebody else, it might be their acne, or it might be they wanted to be taller, also, or shorter, or whatever. And just that you were super hot. And she said, just to imagine that you were so attractive that it can be a problem. Like it could be an issue when you go to Walmart the next time, or when you go to Publix. I, I just invite you. I know it's silly. But I want you to just play with that idea because, you know, there's a whole body of research behind play theory. And when we relax a little bit, we come across as more attractive. We come across as more compelling. And if you've coached with me, you know, I'm always telling you a relaxed audience is more receptive. And if you're relaxed, your audience is going to relax. I've taught you about being the trusted advisor. That's a key mindset to have when presenting to intimidating audiences Of course, you're a trusted advisor in your domain, but at a networking event where it's really important to make good first impressions and capture retention quickly, I want you to play with just being the it person, that iconic self that you are. I want you to own that. That's the mindset I want you to go into with. So the mindset is that you're pretty hot. That doesn't mean you're perfectly, it doesn't mean you have perfect features, but that today for this event, You're good to go and just assume that and then focus on other people. So that's the mindset. Number two, things to be careful about. One thing is to become transactional too early. That's the number one mistake that you start talking almost like selling yourself too early. Not a good thing. It's the number one turnoff and people will, you know, if you start telling them about the life insurance that you're selling or the real estate something. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about getting to know the person. I want you to understand that the goal of every conversation is to connect with that person, find out who they are, find out something about them. Decide if you want to have another conversation. I would recommend that even if you're not like, "Uh, I really want to have another conversation with this person, you want to add them to your social network. I strongly recommend that because you never know where you might actually two years from now, think about this person and what they do and how they could help you. I can tell you a quick example. I met this woman one time at a local networking event in Charleston in, I don't know, years ago when I was younger in my business. We just met one time, one conversation, and she met this woman named Alice was at the time in charge of College of Charleston's professional development, meaning the corporate training that College of Charleston offers. I don't even know if they still offer it, but they did at the time. And that woman mentioned to Alice, who was the head of that, she mentioned her me to her. Alice called me up. We had an interview. We had a meeting. And for many years, I delivered content to College of Charleston's professional development, kind of white label work, if you will. That was my first exposure to name brand companies like Delta Airlines, like Amheuser-Busch. I don't remember the other names, but you know that, that was a great confidence builder for me. It was a great way to have experiences with companies that I would not otherwise have been exposed to because I was so unknown. And that was off the basis of one conversation, and I don't even know the person's name. I don't even know if I wrote her a thank you note. I usually do, so I'm assuming that I did. But to this day, and if you're that person listening to this podcast, please let me know. Anyway, don't be transactional, just be friendly, be interested in the other person. And I'm gonna give you some ways to talk about what you do in a lighthearted and interesting way. And if you wanna get more into it, save that for the second conversation. Okay, number three on our agenda is the number one thing you need to know about any conversation is that the person who talks first takes control of the conversation. So don't wait. I mean, sometimes you they catch you, you're ambushed, and somebody else talks to you. But as much as you can, you take the reins. You talk to the other person. You only have to start with, hey, how are you? How's it going? What are you up to? What do you think of this? Literally one word, hey, is enough to start a conversation. But the person who starts is the person who has leadership of that conversation. It doesn't mean you get to control every single aspect of it, but you do have more control than the other person. And so you get to make it more interesting, more suited to your personal tastes than if somebody else comes up to you and says, hey, how's it going? How about that Packers game? And you don't know. I don't I think Packers are football. So anyway. First person to speak has more leverage. So use that in meetings with your boss, your team, stakeholders of all flavors. Be the first person to speak. Now, how do you introduce yourself in a way that's interesting when you wanna give them your work background? And I taught a full one hour webinar on this topic called your Trader Joe's elevator pitch. So this is, if you were in that, uh, this is gonna be a review. And if you missed it, you should catch it the next time. Here's an easy way. Hey, I'm Laura Camacho. I'm a communication coach. But what I really do is help highly conscientious, high performers get recognized for the credit, for their value they're already adding. So what I really do, that is a nice way to make your job title more accessible, to make it more approachable. And you just take, what I really do is as if you're explaining to a 10-year-old. What do I really do? Now, if if you're in a conference and everybody is a software program manager, then you're not going to say what I really do in those terms. You're going to go more specialty, like what is special about the software line or your project. The more knowledge there is about your industry or your company even, the deeper you need to go. But I'm assuming that everybody's from different industries. And so a little contextual understanding of what it is that you do you know, if you're in purchasing, you, you make sure that the company's getting the best deal for everything it needs to buy, for example, and then niche that down to specific. So I'm say your name, say your job title, but what I really do is. That's the first thing. Another one that for some reason, it may be that what I really do is not appropriate. So you can say what I'm known for is, and what are you known for? Fast work. I'm known for always turning things in on time under budget. I'm known for extremely creative out of the box solutions. I'm known for my Monday morning jokes. What are you known for? And then the third thing is what's your favorite part? What is the favorite part of your job? Because that's where you're going to get your high energy. You're going to be more compelling. You're going to be more interesting. My favorite part is seeing how something that I share with a client changes their life. I mean, that's a pretty awesome thing. That's my favorite part, but I actually have a lot of favorite parts. And you may too, but share a favorite part. And just those three pieces of information about your job are probably enough for the first conversation. And if they're not your conversation partner will ask for more like, Oh, tell me more. What kind of people do you work with? That's another, you know, the, the specifics, your industry niche, the product or the people that you work with or how you do the work. Those are basically the sources of differentiation so that you're not just, Oh, I'm a product manager. Like, okay. So those are your tips for introducing yourself in an interesting way how to close a conversation I always say have an exit plan I always say if you're going to a networking event which is fun but if you're in, an introvert it is exhausting you just run out of steam because it I don't know it just takes us more energy to be on so the exit plan is future mention once you bring the conversation to a future moment in time the exit becomes evident. Hey, we got any vacation plans uh, this summer? Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, it's Friday. What are you doing this weekend? Or maybe it's spring break's coming up. Are your your family going somewhere? Go to the future. And then you say... It was so good talking to you and make sure you're connected. Make sure you have a way to be able to connect with this person in the future. You might want to mention, hey, maybe we can have a coffee or a drink sometime. I'm going to look you up on LinkedIn. You could even do it in the moment since people tend to have their phones in their hands. You could connect on Instagram or Twitter, whatever your favorite profile is or platform. Connect. See if you want plans for the future. And follow up. The fortune is in the follow up. Regardless of your future plans with this person, it was great meeting you. Thank you. uh, enjoy meeting you. Wish you the best. Hope you had a great time at the conference. Hope you had a safe trip home. Hope your post-conference hangover is not terrible. Great meeting you. Talk soon, Laura, or whatever your name is. So follow up. So that's it. Just to recap this whole message, which is we're going almost to 20 minutes, but it's still pretty short. Go in with a positive, relaxed energy and just have fun with it. That's the idea. Don't get too transactional. It's not about the one conversation. It's about future conversations. Be the first one to speak whenever you can. Tell them your job, what you really do, what you like about it, what you're known for, anything very specific and interesting to the, to the way you do the work, who you do it for, or something about the product niche close it with a future mention and then make sure you have plans to follow up. And that's it for today. I hope you got so much value out of this. Please subscribe, leave a five-star review if you find this helpful and I will catch you on the next episode. Signing out, take care, bye-bye.